Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net. Which way should you vote in the upcoming ballot? With inflation rates rising to unprecedented levels, the unions were out and about trying to negotiate with the government um, an increase in pay to respond to the rising inflation levels. And this was all done in the whole idea of a review of building momentum. Um, inflation rates are are basically rising potentially above 10% per annum and the unions, as I said, were out trying to get the best possible deal they could. In a probably very familiar mantra to those of us working on the ground, none of the unions have succeeded in getting a deal that is equal to the rate of inflation or some would argue close to the rate of inflation but they have said they've done the best that they can do and they're therefore recommending a yes vote in favour of the ballot. When it comes to teachers we are obviously public sector workers as well and we are being asked to vote. The our union has unsurprisingly recommended a yes vote but a group of grassroots members is urging members to vote against the deal. In this special episode, I'm going to look through the two information leaflets that the INTO union has uh, has produced uh, called OLUS. And I'm also going to look at the grassroots group's uh, pamphlet which from Glore, which explains why people should be voting no. As I'm reading them, I'll be giving my own thoughts. I must say before I begin, I'm no expert in this area, but maybe they'll help you decide yourself on which way you might vote when it comes to the ballot. Hello, hello, you are welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net, a weekly podcast where I Uh, look at the world of primary education and say what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. It's Simon Lewis here and uh, this week will be a little bit different. You've had seven weeks of me droning on about Drihid and in this episode I'm not going to tell you what to do if you were the Minister for Education or if I were the Minister for Education but uh, I will be going through um, the upcoming ballot and how Glore and the INTO, both uh, organisations, are urging members to vote in that ballot. The Glora Group, uh, which is uh, made up of grassroots members of the INTO, are urging members to vote against the pay deal and the INTO leadership are, vote, are urging members to vote in favour of the pay deal. This isn't, of course, the first time this has happened, uh, but um, I think it's uh, worth exploring uh, the both of their pamphlets of what of the reasons why they are choose uh, they are urging members to vote in opposite directions. Um, but before I do that, I suppose it may be worth uh, looking at that past, that history in a way of uh, Glore uh, versus, uh, let's say, the INTO for want of a better term. And, and I should say that with um, an asterisk because members of Glore are actually members of the INTO themselves. These uh, the people that are involved in Glore. Glore is a grassroots. Uh, group of uh, teachers and activists um, who are members of the INTO union and um, essentially what they look for is the best that one can get 
for uh, grassroots members. They have become, I suppose, let's say, dissatisfied with some of the leadership's uh, decisions in the past and currently in the present. And in some ways, they're uh, trying to, I suppose, give a, uh, I suppose, a view of uh, INTO members that may be not coming from the leadership. Um, as we know, uh, as teachers, the leadership of the INTO um, uh, has often uh, differed from the views of their own members. Uh, I suppose most famously recently anyway, during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the INTO leadership were quite behind teachers going back uh, to schools at the height of the pandemic um, when there were 8,000 cases per day before the vaccination was released. And there ha- and somehow, and again, uh, mainly thanks to Glore and their uh, super work, um, an intervention, I-, I called it a surprise, style intervention on the leadership occurred and thankfully since prevailed um, where um, schools remained closed uh, for a couple of months. Uh, we, um, But I mean that isn't the only time the INTO uh, leadership has differed from their members uh, as recently <laughs> as my previous uh, episode of the podcast where I uh, told the story of Drihid. Um, 91% of INTO members voted against Drihid coming into schools and somehow the INTO leadership uh, did not listen to their members and provided uh, the opportunity uh, and manipulated the opportunity for Drihid to get over the line in spite of their own members' views. And again, this wasn't the only time the INTO leadership's uh, views differed from their own members. On the first of these pay deals, uh, the INTO, while they weren't while they weren't exactly um, recommending the deal, they weren't allowed to recommend or not recommend the deal. They um, on the first PSSA uh, vote, uh, they had a they'd all bought recommended the pay deal. Um, by using this hashtag INTO explains only explaining the positive aspects of voting in favour of the pay deal and at that time the INTO membership didn't buy what the INTO leadership were saying and voted against the first pay deal which the INTO leadership actually ignored completely and when it came to the second pay deal I suppose they were allowed to recommend the pay deal uh, at the time and most members of the INTO at the time did um, vote in favour of it, despite the fact that Glore, again, were there urging people to vote against it because it didn't um, achieve pay equality, which was the big sticking point pay equality for lower paid teachers, uh, LPTs, as the acronym was invented. So there's a very potted history of where the union leadership has gone against its own members. And in this case, we have again a battle shall we say, between the INTO leadership, uh, the CEC, who are recommending a yes vote for the review of building momentum, and then the Glora group, who are recommending a no vote. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read really um, the uh, pamphlet or the newsletter that the INTO have uh, sent into all schools. Now, one of the more interesting things, I suppose, about this is that every single school will receive a huge, a, a large number of these pamphlets. So every member of the INTO is going to get this pamphlet. 
Unfortunately for Glore, they don't, they're a, a voluntary group of, of people. Their pamphlet isn't going to go into every staff room. And in fact, it's probably going to be missed by quite a large number of people. You know, so again, you know, a lot of this comes down to um, power and money and uh, and all the rest of it. Um, so, I mean, effectively what we're seeing here is um, the might of a large organisation going up against, I suppose, a small uh, number of its members. Um, but both sides, I would suggest, deserve equal um equal merit and i would i would have suggested you know despite the fact that the cec are recommending a yes vote i think it would have been much fairer um for a union uh to basically give both sides of the story and 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 you know while they while they're entitled to recommend something they should really give um a space uh, any demo, any democratic um organization or would uh, basically offer their members two views of the uh, situation for example if there's ever a referendum in ireland um there's uh, whether even if the argument is bizarre so for example there was a referendum on blasphemy in ireland um a few years ago and even though i mean it was incredibly difficult to uh, find reasons why one would not vote in favour of scrapping the blasphemy law in Ireland in 2018 or 2019. I can't remember what year it was. Um, the government had to do that. They saw it fit that you they would give reasons why one would vote against the blasphemy law, as bizarre as it might sound. However, the INTO, uh, as much as they claim to be a democracy, um, and I would claim they are far from one, they are a theocracy in my opinion, are living out that uh, by basically only giving one side of the story. I suppose the point of this podcast is really to give you, um, I suppose, both sides of the story. I as obviously don't have the reach of um, the union, and I certainly, I don't even think I have the reach of glory either. But, you know, the few hundred people that listen to this podcast, maybe this will give you um, a little bit of a uh, an insight into what's happening and maybe um, we'll give you um, the information you might need uh, to vote on September 28th or before September 28th, uh, hence the early release of this podcast. I um, just as an aside, it's been um, seven weeks since I've done something current and there's a lot of news that's been going on about uh, the world, uh, The world, particularly this week. The Catholic Church have announced they're going to be removing sacrament preparation from schools in Dublin, which is a very exciting thing for me to talk about. But I'd love to have talked about it this week. And then there's been lots of other articles and, uh, and things that have been going on in the world of primary education, which I will get to. I also want to do something nice on um, an experience I had of visiting Finland and uh, my own thoughts on the education system over there and why it uh, the Finnish miracle as it's uh, called is uh, is is has has really made Finland the country where people look to for their education system and I suppose I want to give my thoughts on that too but for now let's talk about the review of building momentum now what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of read the pamphlet that was there. It's only two pages long, the Olus one and the Glor one isn't even on paper. It's uh, probably, if it was printed, it would be about uh, probably a page, an A4 page. But uh, let's uh, have a look at what it says. So they're calling us colleagues uh, or comrades, uh, maybe, I don't know, but uh, maybe subordinate would have been a better uh, term. You can see where I'm going with this. Um, but I'm, I, I'm going to try and be impartial, really. I mean, uh, I, I haven't made my mind up completely about which way I'm going to vote. 
but as an absolute disclaimer it's very likely I'll be voting no because of and the reason I'll be voting no is um, on trust and I think that's what I want you to think about a little bit when you're looking at this so we can we can see um, that the pay deal is that we're going to get an increase in our wage it doesn't match the rate of inflation and what we have to do is we have to decide whether we trust our union leadership that they're selling us um, something valid or they're selling us a pup and we also the other at the other side we have to trust whether Glor are just maybe um I mean I don't know uh are Glor kind of being belligerent maybe or Glor giving us um are Glor being unreasonable I mean should we expect um to get the full uh you know rate of inflation in in our wage should we uh should we not just accept what we can get uh, so I suppose that's really what I'm trying to explore today so the INTOs OLAS have said basically when negotiations and a fair response to the inflationary pressure on public sector workers stalled during the summer public service unions were left with little choice but to threaten a coordinated campaign of industrial action you may remember that during the summer uh, it was on the news for a day um this position successfully pressured the government so a bit of self-praise here to return to intensive negotiations so exaggeration there culminating in a draft pay agreement that is now being put to ballot as we are now balloting on a new pay offer a ballot on industrial action has been suspended you can now have your say on the draft pay agreement the CEC considered the proposals contained in the review in detail and recommends that you accept them by voting yes in the forthcoming electronic ballot to be held between the 22nd and 28th of September 2022 inclusive. The CEC is keen to ensure that the uplifts now being offered, uplifts, that's a bit of a business speak word um, are secured for all of our members if the majority of public servants vote yes the following adjustments will be applied to incomes of workers whose unions are covered by the agreement so they list what you're going to vote in favor of if you go for it so it's a three percent increase on salaries and allowances backdated to the 2nd of february 2022 which will be paid in a lump sum later in this school term if the review is ratified next month so that ifs are there but the idea of a lump sum is very attractive to people, isn't it? Like you'll get, and the time of the year is very attractive because Christmas presents perhaps uh, could be on the off if you accept the deal. So there's a bit of an individualism here that you might say, do you know what? It's not exactly what I want, but there's a lump, a little lump sum. Now remember, inflation is about 9% at the moment. So you're getting a 3% increase. So that's a 6% cut in a way, but you do get a little bit of a, 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 a carrot of a little bit of a lump sum before Christmas so just just keep that in mind now after that there'll be a two percent increase on salaries and allowances from the first of March 2023 when we don't know what the rate of inflation is going to be is what will life be like so here we have the unknown an unknown will inflation go back to normal levels or will inflation continue to rise now I don't personally I mean all of this seems to be based on um you know the war in Ukraine and uh, prices going sky high as a result but I, I think there's more to it than that I'm not an economist but I, I think this is what's kind of triggered a lot of this do you see that kind of dying down you know that's a question you have to ask yourself so will this two percent increase be um, a bonus or will this just be you know again nothing really nothing to stop the rate of inflation are we again being cut as such and then there will be a 1.5% increase on salaries and allowances 
or 750 euro a year, whichever is greater from the 1st of October, 2023. So we're still going into the unknown. So for some reason, this deal, which they're saying is a six and a half percent increase, as opposed to 9% increase, which is the inflation. So effectively what they're saying is there's a 2.5% cut if the inflation rate is 9% consistently until October. So what we're really what we're really being asked to do is predict the future a little bit and kind of guess what will the rate of inflation be by next October. And it's very, very difficult to know. And they've done this little sweetener again of if things do go pear-shaped, at least you'll get 750 euro, which remember 750 euro taxed is about 350 euro, if that. So it says also, note within the existing agreement, a 1% increase or 500 euro a year is applicable from the 1st of October, 2022 anyway. So I don't, I mean, I don't know what the point of that is, but uh, that is what they're saying. So essentially, just to summarize that over the next two years or over the next year and a half or year and a bit, uh, they're saying you'll be getting a six and a half percent increase in your salary, um, which is not quite the rate of inflation, as I said, which is about anything between nine and possibly 10, 12, 13 percent. So at worst case scenario, you could be getting um, a, a, a massive pay cut by stealth. Um, if the rate of inflation goes um, any higher, which it is, which it seems to be going. Uh, electricity rates seem to be going up by 30, 40%. Um, cost of living seems to be going up hugely. Uh, food prices are going up. So all your basics, um, if you're driving any distance to school, um, you know, you're, you're, you'll have seen your petrol expenses going very, very high and they're only on the up, even though there's been a slight bounce down in the last few weeks. So, you know, you were paying over two euro a litre for petrol. Yes, that's gone down to about 180 at the moment, but for how long? We know we're getting, you know, as well as that in the ether, we're getting some uh, kind of grants uh, towards our electricity bills, which aren't part of this deal. So again, it's very, very what you're kind of doing is it's like you know those game shows or like you know the the it's like gambling really we're being asked to take a six and a half percent um deal even though we know inflation is higher and do we take the risk of these other sweeteners like the um energy grants that people are going to be getting um that's the question we have to ask ourselves and I suppose it's a fair question. Let's move on. The guaranteed minimum payments of 500 euro a year and 750 euro a year detailed above mean that those who earn below 50,000 euro will receive higher percentage increases than higher paid colleagues. I think that's just fluff and guff and uh, other uff uh, words. Uh, I think that's just ridiculous. Um, do you know, I, I, I don't know why they put that sentence in and, and really it's, it, 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 it would be beneath me to even you know say what i what i'm feeling right now it's that's, oh, it's awful the review anyway offers an increase of at least six and a half percent of all our members in addition to uplifts already contained in the building momentum if this agreement is ratified next month the first payment of three percent backdated to second of february 2022 will appear in as in pay as a lump sum in november december just before christmas Ooh, i wonder why isn't that just you know, this is the thing. I always read things with a cynical eye. And one has to be a bit cynical when it comes to these things. But anyway, we'll continue because I think this is the interesting part. Um, the review also proposes an earlier uplift. I don't like that word uplift. Where, where do they make these words up? Of 2% from March 2023. And a significant measure, significant is another 
nonsense word, from October 1st, 2023, that offers a minimum increase of 750 a year to all public servants, including teachers on early scale points or 1.5% on incomes, whichever is greater. There are no additional productivity measures in the proposed review, which reaffirms the reform measures already outlined in Building Momentum. So we're actually not being asked to sell our souls for a blank check this time. I suppose that's a positive. So we're not being asked to do more for less or whatever the the term is. There's no extra work in this for members. So that's interesting. And in fairness, it is, uh, you know, well, you know, welcome is probably too strong a word, but it is uh, something that must must be uh, mentioned. Well, there's no um. So do say? Well, there's no additional non-pay elements in the specific new package. The government came to the negotiations promising that economy-wide cost of living supports would accompany any pay improvements. These are expected to be delivered through the 2023 budget and the Labour Employer Economic Forum. So in other words, we're being asked to vote before the uh, budget. So we don't know what's happening in the budget and the budget may make up that little offset to inflation. So again, we're ta- being asked to take a risk here before the budget. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to find out, you know, you're kind of being you're going to be asked to vote in the dark a little bit. Negotiations on longer term pay agreement will begin next summer, and this will have the potential to address any outstanding claims from the unions. So again, what they're saying is, if we vote yes and the budget turns out to be crap, um, well, they have the power next summer to sort of say, well, look, your budget was terrible; it didn't help our workers. Uh, we expect more, and but we'd have to wait till next summer for that. And again, there's no guarantee that they'll really do anything on it. So I don't know. I know. So there's a lot of trust that's been asked of us. So we urge you to vote yes on this agreement before you bef- the poll closes on December 28th. And that's signed by the president and the general secretary. And it tells you then how to vote. And then it gives um, on the back of that uh, the proposed pay scales um, should you um, decide to vote. Now, I don't want to really get into that because, um, you know, it's the increase, by the way, are very modest. Um, by the looks things, a couple of hundred euro a year, a few hundred euro a year. And look, do you know what? So be it. So really, you know, to summarize this, there's a lot of ifs, ands, buts, a lot of unknowns. Um, and ultimately what we're, we're being asked to do is take a chance, okay? Inflation might be nine to 10%. We've got you six and a half percent, but don't forget the budgets in a, in a week or two. And you may, the, the, the two and a half percent or so that we're not getting might be coming back to you in other um sort of payments from the government so we know about the energy um grants that will probably be coming there may be others so in some ways you know you we could be making up for the inflation with the six and a half percent uh pay agreement i don't know um you know it's a you know what they've done here is a a reasonably convincing argument that you know has made me stop in my thoughts Um, i'm thinking okay there is that there is that argument the other side of it, though, is do I trust my union? Now, in the introduction there, I gave you many reasons um, why one shouldn't or maybe wouldn't trust uh, their union. They have, uh, over the last five or six years, uh, defied their own union's uh, wishes, um, The you know, and, and that can't be forgotten. Uh, however, we also know that most members of the INTO do trust their leadership. And... Um, have we had any reason not to? Uh, the latest pay deal, I guess we reaped what we sowed in terms of the COVID situation. Had COVID being more serious, um, what leg would the uh, would the INTO ha- would have stood on? He, they wouldn't have a, a leg to stand on because um, they, as part of the PSSA2, they uh, agreed that they would not be allowed to take industrial action 
uh, over any COVID uh, public health uh, advice on COVID. So um, we could have been in a predicament. But the thing is, these are ifs, ands, and buts. So, I mean, essentially, I, I guess people will, will, will listen to me and say, but I mean, nothing bad has happened. You know, we got, we got the increase in our wage. And in fairness, nothing really has happened um, that's been detrimental. And, you know, yeah, we signed the blank check, but in reality, nothing bad happened. So in this case, we're getting an increase in our pay. And chances are, you know, if the private sector out there are going to not get these kind of deals, the government are going to have to support them in some way so they may make up the shortfall. So, I mean, there's these are questions that we have to ask. So let's let's have a look at Glora's reasons um, for voting against the pay deal. Uh, so Glora have said vote no to the pay deal and they've very helpfully um, given this in one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, six uh, points of why so very small here and it's they're very they're urging people to make sure you have all the information before voting so i've given you the into leadership's um voice so let's look at glore which is a as i said a grassroots membership and they're basically saying that the pay rise is uh, about six and a half percent but the cost of rent is now over tw- about 12 percent um it's it's skyrocketing uh, and the cost of energy is going on average over 22 percent so how can a pay rise of six and a half percent compete with rents and energy costs rising at least a double in terms of rent and quadruple in terms of energy a three percent for 2022 pales in comparison to inflation at nine percent including rent at about 12 percent and energy at about 21 and a half percent increases so they're saying that is a reason that that pay increase of three percent of 2022 is not uh doesn't doesn't go anywhere near the rising costs of rent and energy then we have the next thing which is budget versus ballot on budget day the budget day is the 27th of september so essentially voting before the 27th of uh, september is risky because the ballot is between the 22nd and the 28th of September. Now, what I what says to me is that I would be voting on the 28th of September when we have the knowledge of the budget. So, But what they're saying is we're expected to vote before knowing the full extent of the cost of living supports in budget 2023. Um, and that's kind of something that we need to take into account. The budget day is, 2020, is the 27th. We can vote on the 28th. So I think... This piece of information alone should tell you, do not, if you have any sense, don't vote until the 28th. Because what if the budget kind of gives you nothing? Then we're in trouble. So if you take nothing else from this podcast, I'd suggest that you don't vote till the 28th. I certainly won't be now um, after reading that. Um, you know, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know what budget day was. Um, I probably should have. I mean, that would have been an easy Google search. But there it is in black and white. And, uh, you know, that maybe should change your mind. Anyway, let's move on. Childcare costs on average €810 Euro a month. Um, with uh, stretching already hard-pressed teachers to breaking point. So this is kind of a Dublin-centric kind of, um, I suppose, um, thing because 810 euro is, certainly isn't something that I, I believe we're paying uh, down the country but again do we think individualistically and say well I'm down the country so I'm all right Jack um, or do we think of our colleagues in Dublin there is a crisis uh, of teacher shortages in Dublin because no one can afford to live there and this three percent increase or six and a half percent increase isn't going to do anything to to, to kind of stop this uh, problem so do we teachers down the country uh, decide to throw our Dublin colleagues under the bus 
Or do we, do we, and I mean, this is a question I kind of know the answer to because I, when it comes down to it, um, I think people are individualistic and they don't think of the greater good. And I, that's a very hard thing for me to say. But when it comes to schools and teachers, we we generally have voted in that, in that way. We did throw our lower paid teachers under the bus back in 2010 and 2011 and let them have an unequal pay scale and remain happy for them to have an unequal pay scale uh, despite the fact that it's it, that that gap is narrowed we are happy enough to throw others under the bus our colleagues and we've been encouraged by our union to do so and in this case you know we have to ask that question do we throw our dublin colleagues under the bus and forget you know and look here's me making gaa analogies here i can't believe i'm doing this, this is shocking um oh, why do i do this um but <laughs> forget your gaa analogies of hating dublin um and i'm from dublin by the way just in case my accent didn't give me away uh, i don't live in dublin anymore I live, uh, I live down the country um but i mean forget that you have friends colleagues relations working in dublin who can't afford to be there and do we want to make that even harder for them? I suppose the is, is the question I'm asking you. Let's go uh, on and uh, look at the next thing. A lack of equity rather than equality. Interesting choice of words. The 3% increase in 2022 will give TDs an increase of approximately €2,780, while a teacher on 0.2 of the scale will get €1,020. So is this fair, they're asking. Now, I mean, look... I, I, I understand this, you know, yes, TDs getting this increase because they are public sector workers are going to benefit more than, let's say, someone who is uh, starting off in their career. And, you know, someone like me is also going to benefit more than someone who's on point two of the pay scales. Is it fair? I mean, obviously, the answer to that question is no, it's clearly not fair. Um, and I suppose, again, that comes down to do we protect our lower paid workers or do we take the money? You know, now history would teach us that we have taken the money and run us um teachers who are in a higher pay brackets and you know should we be doing that ethically is that what we should be doing philosophically should we be asking our question and to be honest with you when it came to the last pay deal the pssa2 pay deal we did again um take the money and run the 30s is it the 30 uh, silver shekels or whatever it is and why do we consistently do that? And why do our leadership consistently do that? Well, look at our leadership. These are people in the higher end of the pay scale. This benefits them more than it benefits their members generally. So again, are they thinking individualistically? Are they thinking of the lower paid workers? Again, these are questions we have to ask ourselves. And I'm asking myself um, as well when I'm doing these, uh, when, I'm, when I'm voting, how, how do we protect all of us? not just the ones that can benefit the most. So it's interesting just to ask these questions. Let's move on. Our increments in previous pay deal are secure. That's what it says. We are voting on a 3% increase this year and a 2% and a 1.5% next year. Voting no will not affect the current um, pay deal or your salary increments. So if we vote no, nothing's going to change in terms of the already agreed pay deal. So in some ways, it, what would happen if we voted no? And that's a question. Actually, it's a very valid question. What would happen if we voted no? Well, if all public sector uh, workers voted against this deal, would it mean, basically, that 
we could go back to the table and say six and a half percent my friends is not good enough we want we we need more we need nine percent um that's one option that could happen or we would end up going on strike which would mean getting no money uh in the short term but eventually we would get make you go back to the negotiation tables i don't know that's kind of what will happen if you vote no we get industrial action does it mean strike maybe not it might mean a different form. Again, I'm always, and I've always said this, for the last 10, 10, 11 years, when it comes down to these deals, you know, everyone kind of goes straight to the nuclear option of strike. But what about other options of industrial action? Stopping SSE, things that are things that we don't like doing anyway. Stopping, um, st- stopping uh, basically stopping cooperation um, of uh, on certain initiatives uh, like Drihid, like, um, uh, like any of the initiatives that have come through. Um, Work to rule, finishing up, uh, no parent-teacher meetings, no um, meetings after school, no blah, 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 blah. You know, you know where I'm going. You know, like, you know, th- these are kind of things, measures that clever unions can put in place rather than going for the nuclear option of strike. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's something worth uh, thinking about and looking at. Uh, so um, just, you know, what are the implications of voting no? And there, Glora are convinced that really what it does is it brings you back to the, to the table. Um, do you trust that that's what's going to happen or not? Um, we have to find those out. And finally, their point here is stand up for your fellow teachers. This pay deal does not provide adequate support to teachers who are struggling with the cost of rent, childcare, mortgages and energies. And that is the thing. If you can already afford your, your uh, mortgage or rent, if you can already afford your childcare and if you can already afford your energy, then your yes vote is just selfish in a way, in some ways, because you can already afford these things. Think about your colleagues who can't afford them right now and what this deal will mean to them. After the deal, will they be able to afford their rent or mortgage, their childcare and their energy costs? Ask that question. And maybe that's the question you have to ask yourself of whether you should vote yes or no. Forget about Glor. Forget about the INTO saying vote yes or no. Think about someone in someone that you know that is on the that can't currently can't afford the rent child care mortgage or energy and will this pay deal bring them above that line and if the answer to that question is yes well then the answer for your your voting should be obvious if the answer is no well exactly the same thing should apply so i mean i think you need to um really um kind of Think about that, you know, and and, and really uh, make your mind up on it. Very helpfully, both organisations, the INTO and the GLOR, are going to be holding webinars. The INTO's uh, one will be, um, is available to you. Um, I think it's on the 21st of September. The uh, GLOR one is on the 22nd of September at 8 o'clock. Um, and to find out um, where uh, to uh, listen to those, the INTO will be emailing you. Um, I assume if you're an INTO member of where to get to the thing. Again, as I said, the um, GLOR don't have the reach. So just to help uh, with that, um, you will need to go to Facebook and to the Voice for Teachers page, which still exists, and the webinar will be hosted on Facebook there. And it's well worth your while going to both of those, I would suggest, because both of those, uh, both of those, I suppose, will give a very, very strong yes or no um, uh, vote, um, kind of, um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, reason for you to vote, like how you how they expect you to vote. Just can't think of the word uh, that I'm looking for uh, there. Sorry about that, uh, that little pause. So really, um, for me, uh, you know, reading both the deals, I'm um, 
you know, I'm kind of thinking, okay, I'm, um, I have to make a decision, really. I, I mean, who do I, I look at it on who do I trust? Um, I don't trust the leadership of the union. I will be absolutely blank about that. I think they're, um, they have lost the right to call themselves a democracy. I don't trust what they have to say. Um, I tend to uh, trust grassroots organisations um, because they are people on the ground. They have no real agenda. There's no political agenda in any way, shape or form. They're just ordinary members who uh, want the best for their colleagues. Um, so, you know, if it was on that basis alone, I know which way I'd be voting. But then you have the other thing, the maths of the of the event, the mathematics of it. OK, I mean, for absolute definite, I'm not going to vote before the 20, before the 28th of September, because ultimately I don't know what's going to be in the budget. The budget may say all people, every every citizen is going to basically get a tax cut break of, let's say, 10% or whatever it might be. Now, that's not going to happen, obviously. But there'll be tax breaks, there'll be energy um, grants, there'll be all sorts of things. And that might, might make up that 2.5% deficit that the pay deal isn't going for. And that might, if that brings it above the cost of inflation, in some ways it would be silly to vote no Maybe it would be silly. I don't know. It might not be silly. It's a question I don't know the answer to. And that's why I'll be going to both of these webinars to find out and um, uh, what, what the deal is. Uh, what if the government announced in the budget um, a cut to tax and energy grants that push that deal to a very appetising, you know, 10, 12, 13, 15% increase? You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm not, I, 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 this is something I have to think about there. And then the third thing I have to look at is the mathematics of it. 6.5% of an increase as opposed to 9% inflation is a 2.5% pay cut. Okay, so, you know, that, that, is, that is the maths in cold reality. However, add in what might come in the budget, you, that may not be the case. And that's something we have to think about. And, um, you know, we have to think about that along the lines. And this is where Glor have come in as well. They're looking at it on the, on the face of mortgages, rent, childcare and energy costs. If those grant, if there are grants towards those things, does that bring us above um, the, uh, the inflation? And is this actually a good deal after all? So I, in, in, in conclusion for me, I've still some thinking to do. I definitely decision is no voting. I'm not voting at all until the 28th of September, until the budget's announced. And I'm also, um, you know, I suppose not absolutely definitely uh, voting yes or no right now. Um, I'm, I'm, if I had to vote now, if there was a gun held to my head right now, I'd vote no, because I don't know what's going to come up in the budget. Um, and it would be foolish, I think, to vote yes without knowing what's in the budget. However, when the budget comes out, that's, I think, when all the reality will, will, will come to fruition and, and, the, and the information will have to come. And I think it will be in Glora's line and in the INTO's line to actually say, what will life now be like post the budget? So it'll be a very busy 27th of September for both organisations if they choose to push whichever vote they think we should go for. Look, I think that's probably all I have to say on that. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts um, because I'm, as I said, I'm no expert in this. I'm only going on both of these organisations' pamphlets and information notes. Um, and I guess, you know, I want to hear what people have to say about it. So if you have anything to say about it, please comment um, on our social media. That's on Shaw.net or Simon M. Lewis on Twitter, which is where I tweet about this podcast. Um, and um, 
really that's all I have to say on it so thanks so much for listening and we'll be back next week with something on maybe the Catholic Church maybe on Finland maybe on something completely different at all Uh, I may have an interview lined up too so look thanks again for listening all the very best bye bye